Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast, and yes, the rumours are true, we're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So, don't waste any time, grab your tickets today, and come and watch me, Alfie, and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. I'll explain what we're going to do. We're basically going to rob the idea of another popular podcast, James Acaster and Ed Gamble's brilliant podcast, Off Menu. Ed Gamble, welcome to the show, mate. We actually um, parodied the show for a couple of episodes. We stole it. We could sit here and describe it, but you're the main man. Why don't you describe what the podcast is? Well, I'm sure all your listeners know because you've uh, ripped it off. Yeah. I really respect your opinions on food because yeah. I feel like you're like just an expert on it. No, I'm just loud about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows more about food, you or James? Oh, me, definitely. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I know more about food. I'm more of a food snob. Yeah. But James is more instinctual with that sort of thing. Right. You're a type 1 diabetic. Yes. My sister recently got diagnosed and I told you you were coming on. She was really excited because she's uh, found out about you through your work that you've done with Dexcom. Dexcom, yeah. And whatnot. So I, um, you kindly said you'd be up for chatting a bit about yeah, of course, diabetes. Yeah. When you inject yourself now, yeah. after having done it so much, yeah. does it not hurt you? It doesn't really hurt anyway. Like, honestly, like it's the needle's like four millimetres or something. Right. You can do it anywhere. I mean, most of my friends when I died now go, you do it, do it, you do it. Back to uh, your illustrious comedy career. You must have been naturally gifted, because in 2007, you got to the final of the Chortle Awards. Yeah, so that was, the, that was my last year of uni, yeah. And that was the first year that you did stand? Well, it's the first year I was properly doing it. My favourite video on the internet, you just need to search Wobbly Sausage on YouTube. <laughs> For fuck's sake. And it's a kid who's found a massive double-ended dildo in his parents' bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how much you're loving this. He doesn't know what it is, and he's like wiggling about going, wobbly sausage! <laughs> and his mum's going, put that down! He's going, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Makes Happy Hour. <laughs> Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. It's going to be a very happy show, Stevie. 
it normally is. Not because you're here, but because we've got <laughs> we've got we've got a guest who's a comedian, a presenter, done a little bit of acting, a I, podcaster, presenter. I don't think I can claim presenter. Radio presenter. Yeah. All right. Go on then. Yeah. DJ. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. Are you not a presenter if you're a radio presenter? Is that? No, I think comedians are do, try and get their f- mucky pits, the, <laughs> mucky pits, <laughs> mucky mitts. <laughs> rubbing their pits and everything <laughs> to every job title and I don't think it's fair like you, mm. so many comedians are like I'm a comedian I'm an actor I'm a writer <laughs> how much acting have you done well none but I'd love to <laughs> it's, not, it's not part of the job title so presenting I think is is hard mm. it's difficult yeah and I, I don't want to do it right <laughs> but radio presenting mm. yes DJ okay well if you haven't already noticed from the from the dulcet tones it's Ed Gamble welcome oh, yeah, to the show I mate said my name just <laughs> straight you're a, a proper podcaster, um, which is very annoying for us because you're always just <laughs> yeah. above us on the charts. It is frustrating. So what we thought we'd do is get you in, promote the show, and then just you can fuck <laughs> off higher yeah, up. Fine, absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. you, you do a podcast with James Acaster yeah. off menu, which is great. During lockdown, we actually um, parodied the show for a couple of episodes. Par- we stole it. Yeah. We stole I your concept. When you, were, when you were putting out tweets asking for questions for me, I saw a couple of people going, are you going to tell him you ripped off the show? <laughs> we, we, we did three episodes. Yeah. Um, and but, then... but I will I will say, we we, we did advertise it as that's what we were sure, doing yeah, so we yeah, sent yeah, people yeah. over we didn't just well i hope we did we didn't just go we've come up with this really good <laughs> they new- didn't notice any difference <laughs> in their also, listeners <laughs> also i really don't think we can claim that as like it's just the conversation people have we can't go well why you can't you know kick down people's doors and go are you talking about your favorite meal <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's just the chat that but, but we really did we did like the papa doms or bread and we did oh, the okay, water okay. yeah so <laughs> give me some money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always start the 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 interview episodes with the same question for each guest and you're a massive foodie obviously as mm-hmm. we're going to go on to find out more about in a bit but we think you can shed a little bit more light onto what the actual perfect combination of this is ed gamble what is your go-to meal deal go-to meal deal now when because we've been in lockdown it's you know there's not been an opportunity to grab a meal deal mm. so when you say meal deal are you talking boots or yeah like tesco talking, boots yeah, yeah you, you usually like the guest says where they'll where they will go so you can have your pick yeah and sure some people haven't even heard of meal deals which is fucking mental yeah, that's mad <laughs> um boots is the one that springs to mind and the only reason why is when i did the edinburgh festival like years ago like three years in a row i did like a mixed bill thing with uh nish kumar and tom neenan and we would fly all morning uh, do the show and then do and then get a meal deal for lunch. Right, uh, and we'd always go to Boots, and mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much always BLT. Okay, uh, is it crisps? It it was crisps then. What's what's what specific brand of crisps? More cheese and onion Walkers. Oh wow! I'm always surprised when people say Walkers because I always really? think Walkers are like the plain Janes of the game. But that's but we're talking Boots, right? There's not yeah, but not Jack a, likes a ridged crisp. I think you get more flavour in a ridged. I think you're right, Jack. <laughs> well, I've convinced you, <laughs> haven't no, I? I'm just telling you my meal deal back in the day. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like a ri- I like a ridge. <laughs> right, now, okay, okay, fine. But also, I would I would upgrade the crisps now to maybe. Uh, the sweet chilli sensations, I think. Always a good shout. Always uh, scores points I there. Like, I like a crisp that feels like someone's kicked you in the head. Yeah. Like, I need to feel like someone's stamped in my mouth. Right. I really want a strong flavour. You do get that with them. Yeah, yeah. you do. And then what, what are you Brannigan's, washing it all down sorry, with? Brannigan's beef and mustard, just a quick shout out for that as well. What? Brannigan's beef and mustard. I've never heard of that in my life. Oh, you guys, come on. <laughs> you can't be chucking around a meal deal question. You've not even heard of Brannigan's beef and Where'd mustard. Where'd you get that? All over the shop. 
<laughs> yeah, but Maybe which shop? Specifically, the shop would be helpful. the shop, but it is all over it. <laughs> they specifically just <laughs> yeah, yeah, sell yeah. Um, It used to be, uh, back back when I was a lad as well, you'd get Brannigan's beef and mustard and it came in like a thick paper packet, so it really felt like, and there's a butcher on the front. Brannigan, <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> Never heard of this really in my strong, life. like there's mustard powder in them. Really. No, I've not. I've not heard of them. Not heard of them. Not for me. Well, they might be for me. I I've not tried them. I'll give it a go and get but back what, to you. What, what else? What else are we having in the meal deal? Then but you get you typically get get like the main, yeah. which is a sandwich, sure. the, the snack, yeah. and a uh, little drink. A little drink as well. Mm. Um, Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair. Strong shower. I actually find because obviously you're diabetic, aren't mm. you? So it's, it's it's easier for you. But I actually find the taste of Diet Coke. Yeah. Because are you doing it on a sugar basis? Is that why you're going Diet Coke? Uh, I think I was I was a Diet Coke boy even pre. Was you yeah. okay? Yeah, because yeah. I think that's the way the world's going now. I don't yeah. like the taste of normal Coke. I, I can't I can't bear normal Coke. Yeah, it's yeah. too thick and it leaves your teeth furry. Yeah, yeah. and it costs about six p more now as well. So, yeah, so fuck, well, saving well, money on the yeah. diet. Think about that. Yeah. 6p. If one day we jump ahead of you on the podcast, yeah. we'll probably start dishing out. We'll go for full fat Coke. But until then, oh no. What is the what's the uh, what are we going to rate the meal that meal deal? Should we rate it? Yeah, I think it's a um, fairly strong one. I just need to clarify I, what what Chris Bar you going for because you mentioned two there. You said the Thai sweet chili and the Brannigans mustard. Well, here's the thing: Do you, is this my like dream meal deal, or is it one that's commercially available? Commercially like, available, yeah, your go-to. Yeah. You don't get no genie's ear, boy. So, so if I if I if I walked into Boots, would you say there would be? A BLT, sweet chili sensations, and a diet coke. Yeah, yes, that, that's what I'm having then. Okay, I'd give that a seven. What was a BLT? Bacon, lettuce, tomato. He does this every time. He does not understand the concept what? of a BLT. What the fuck are you on about? <laughs> well, you, well, sometimes like the, the letters don't correspond to what it actually is. Like, like what? Subway BMT. You know what that is, don't you? Uh, no, I don't actually. Well, we have this debate on the podcast right, okay, a lot. It's a highbrow show. Yeah. Um, BMT. Have a guess what you think it is. Bacon mango tomato. <laughs> that's bacon that's mental. That is mental. It's actually bacon mustard. No, it's not. It's big meaty treat. Oh, oh God. No wonder you shorten it to BMT. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you call a sandwich that? Yeah, it is horrible. lovely. It is yeah. a good sure it is. Yeah. Well, I think yours is a fairly good meal deal. As far as we've had a lot of scum through this door. But yeah. <laughs> What's but, the word? one you've had oh, uh, yours I get slagged off for mine all the time I always think it's criminal putting a putting popcorn in a meal deal yeah, well, you, you can't do that I think I, I don't like this popcorn snacking thing that's happening no it's cinema or yes cinema or nothing. exactly exactly there's a time and a place for everything we just had Spencer Owen on and we told him the same thing I also think I don't get stuffing in a sandwich unless it's December it's yeah, got to be a bit festive. Yeah, I agree with that. Cranberry yeah. on a yeah. pizza, yeah. like that kind of thing. There's a time and a place for everything. Some people have come in, they've been a bit kind of kooky, and mm. they've said that they have a summer meal deal and a winter meal deal. Now, I can get behind that. I'm not against it. But um, have we gone too far into the meal deal? Yeah. You're looking at me like I've gone too far into the <laughs> meal deal. When we first came back after lockdown, we debated scrapping this question completely. <laughs> and we've just made the first 10 minutes of this about it. Well, because we thought it was like, we've probably done it, like every kind of combination has probably been said before. But um, you get someone come in who says about fucking mustard horseradish or whatever See, it was. Now, <laughs> you've mentioned the, now you've mentioned the, the turkey feast situation. Mm. Oh, it's good though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the meal deal choices. <laughs> I can't wait. Ed Gamble, what's the greatest food in the world? Oh, that's, I mean, that's such a, that's such a hard question. Do mm. you mean specific dish, genre, 
genre of food? How broad are we talking? Kind of, kind of like genre is a genre of food rather than specifics. So like a takeaway choice, uh, like Chinese. Yeah, well, so f- for me, I'll give you mine. Yeah, I'm gonna say chicken. Right. Okay. okay. That's, so that's quite that's broad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just any chicken. All right. Yeah. Cheese. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then I guess my follow-up question to that would be, what kind of cheese? <laughs> Man, that that is hard. Um, yeah, my follow-up question is, what kind of chicken? Um, fried. Fried. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like S- same answer for cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Any sort of fried cheese. What no. was it you've said on the podcast before? It's somebody, or maybe it was one of your guests. They said that. The best things are salt. Uh, no, what was it? I think it was Joe. Was it Joe Thomas that said the best things are fatty? Yeah, and and salty probably. Salty. Yeah, yeah. Fat and salt is the best thing. Like we were talking just before we started recording about. I was vegan for nine months, mm. and I did realize in that time the thing I like most is fat and salt. Right. <laughs> you can make anything nice with fat and salt. Yeah. It's like halloumi. Halloumi. Halloumi I mean, is lovely. Yeah. Yeah, but it depends sometimes because I'm not a cheese person. I don't really like cheese, and I can see your your estimation of me I has gone down already. Yeah. <laughs> I offered him a cheese string this morning for free, and he said no. That's not cheese. Yeah, but that isn't cheese. I mean, I don't like both of you for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it in here. It's fine for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, what was I saying about cheese? Oh, yeah. So I don't really like it, and I can eat halloumi because it's just salty, isn't it? Yeah. So it doesn't really taste like cheese to me. It's, a different, it's a different breed of cheese. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's rubber. It tastes like rubber. It tastes like a, an actual rubber yeah it needs to be cooked right halloumi which is in a, in a pan yeah no but if it's like overcooked it's rank and if it's undercooked it's rubbery right okay and all I this ha- i have eaten raw halloumi before. have you yeah if i'm making some halloumi i'll be and i'm oh, just... peckish have the have the corner do you yeah <laughs> <laughs> he really likes cheese yeah i love but, cheese <laughs> but you look somewhat embarrassed about it when you say it well, like it's gross isn't it <laughs> <laughs> What's a food that you don't like that everyone seems to like that's kind of universally people are fond of? I really like most stuff, Yeah, to be honest. Mm. Okay, so weirdly, we do a thing on the podcast where we there's an ingredient that if the guest says it, they're kicked out. Yeah. Um, and we've now run out of things that we don't like, I think, but we're trying to keep the format point going. Right. But I think I, think, you know, I said sweet chilli crisps. I don't like sweet chilli sauce. Do you not? No, I think it... You're a maverick. It, I am a maverick. Right? <laughs> I think it kills the flavour of anything you put it on. Mm. So sweet chilli sauce I'd probably put in there as a food that every, everyone seems to be into. But you're not a big big, no big way. fan of? No way. See, I really respect your opinions on food because yeah. I feel like you're like just an expert on it. Like you know, you know what you're talking about. No, I'm just loud about it. That's, <laughs> <what> it <is. laughs> That's any person that does yeah. a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> Who knows more about food, you or James? Oh, me, definitely. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I know more about food. I'm more of a food snob. Yeah, uh, but James is more instinctual with that sort of thing. I think. Right. Yeah. Is it? So you you used to be a vegan. Well, no veggie for nine months. I don't. I did it for a bit. Yeah. Uh, what 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 start, What changed? Uh, sort of the ethical stuff, but then, uh, I did it and it actually helped with my blood sugar levels for a Mm. little bit as well. Uh, and then I started to find it difficult, like medically, because it's uh, like, I try and eat low carb Mm. for type one diabetes. And then it's so difficult to eat low carb on a vegan diet. Is it? It's all grains and stuff. Oh, right. It's basically got tofu and that's it. Oh, geez. I'm very close minded to the idea of like, I've seen everyone now is like kind of like jumping on it and fair play. They are better human beings than me. Like my, my girlfriend has is, is become a pescatarian recently. And, but I just, I from, cause I eat meat all the time. I have a very unhealthy diet. 
I can't imagine what what do what do those kind of people eat? And then especially because you're obviously limited because of your health conditions as yeah. well. Do do you, do you struggle day to day or or do? You, no, I mean, now I'm back on meat, I'm fine. But I right. try and eat less meat than I was before. So the way I do everything is I'll decide to do something. I've got great willpower and I'll really lean into it for a few months. And right. then I'll go, oh, no, I can't do this anymore. But a few I, months I, I is won't, good. I won't hop off completely. I'll basically rail it back in to like 50%. So right. I do eat less meat. Yeah. I do eat some meat. I see. I think that's good. That's good. I have terrible willpower. Yeah. So for example, what are we on? We're on the 10th of September and uh, I was doing sober September. I've had two days of drinking and we're on the 10th. Like, And yeah. it was... <laughs> and when we were on the 2nd of September, we were playing PlayStation together and he just went, it was gone midnight and he went, might just have a pint. <laughs> no, no, you no. went to go have a, a can. beer from the fridge. Yeah, it wasn't, I haven't just got like, a, I'm just going to pour myself. <laughs> He's got it on tap at home. But yeah, it's the 2nd of September. Since then, you've had a night where you messaged me about three in the morning going, I'm so drunk. And I was asleep. All right. Don't and then say last, this on the pod. And yeah. then last night, you had about four pints. Yeah. So, I, so the long, long story short, I don't have any willpower. Yeah, and, and you're you, like, the fact you're doing two months of something, that means you have a lot of willpower. That's a long yeah, time no, to... Yeah, I do. I do, have, I do have a lot of willpower. Mm. But then when I fall off the wagon with anything, yeah. I, I can it, go for it. It like crashes and burns. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm, not, I'm not drinking at the moment. Right. I'm, try, I'm eating healthily. Mm. Uh, I'm going to the gym a lot. Mm. But I've already put mid-October in as when I'm stopping that. <laughs> and I'm going to go mental. <laughs> for, for a long time? or Probably, just yeah. <laughs> I like that you've planned when to end yeah, being yeah, healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go absolutely mad. Yeah. yeah. Well, last year, tail end of last year, I did a 50 days of fitness thing, where yeah. I was like, didn't drink, ate well, and went to the gym every single day. Yeah. That's originally what this sober September was going to be. But I was like, yeah, I was like, Halloween... I'll probably go out and like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, you need I them. Love that as well. Halloween is just not a thing here either. You're like, well, Halloween will obviously. We love as, it. As is traditional. No, every year we do something for Halloween. Just you two. <laughs> <laughs> We're so weird, mate. So weird. It's quite strange thinking about it. I love Halloween. I don't know why. Oh, no, I, I like the idea of Halloween, but it yeah. doesn't feel like a, a cultural No, thing but like when, 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 the, when the nightclubs were open. Yeah. Like, just since lockdown, I've kind of, I feel like I'm kind of over that that now yeah. like that point in my life but you won't be you, you've literally planned newcastle <laughs> next month for halloween yeah but i'm not expecting a nightclub just to reopen for halloween <laughs> like but yeah no what's the saying i've lost my train of thought but uh oh yeah so when the nightclubs are open yeah. people dress up they have a bit of fun do you know what i mean like get into the see i reckon like looking at you now you're a handsome chap i reckon you, you'd, you'd make a great dracula you've got the jawline going on like yeah but you want to think outside the box a little bit right you just right. don't want to go into i think the last time i wore a costume i panicked and didn't have much but uh i ended up as a dead cowboy okay i don't know i don't know i think it's because i had a check shirt right uh and then my girlfriend's quite good at makeup so she did a bullet wound in my head and honestly we were just in our flat and we didn't know <laughs> <laughs> and we're weird for going out following I, I mean i was gonna say we're even weirder because she dressed as a ventriloquist dummy i dressed as a dead cowboy two people came over for dinner they didn't wear <laughs> <laughs> they left about 11. You were just eating raw halloumi. <laughs> Gobbling raw halloumi. I'm a ghost. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm already dead. <laughs> Do you eat any weird food combinations? I don't know. It's so difficult to work out if they're weird or not because you just... I've got one that's quite kind of synonymous with our show. Go on. You can tell me if it's weird. You're the pro. Um, I dip my toast, very buttery, in tea and coffee. That does feel weird. It feels like you're crossing a line that I didn't know existed until now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, the okay. thought of it to me is rank. 
Yeah, like really disgusting. But then butter's going in the tea or coffee, but mm. then people drink butter in coffee. And then I tell you, it's the nicest coffee you'll ever have after that. But you know that's a thing as well, right? Mm-hmm. Bulletproof coffee. Yep. People mix butter into coffee. G- gets that weird film on the top. Oh, yeah, who, well, who doesn't disgusting. love film on the top of their drinks? So that, that's our level of weird. Yeah, but mm. I, th- I, th- I used to think, I used to have peanut butter and Marmite a lot. Right, I think that's okay. I I used to think that was weird. And now Marmite make their own peanut butter with Marmite in it. Yeah, I think it's fine. They're two spreads. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's fine. They're quite strong spreads. I used to have a really weird one, which was uh, sour cream and onion Pringles. Yeah. With whipped cream on top. Oh, horrific! <laughs> Honestly, sounds disgusting. I don't know why it started. Incredible, is it? So nice. I just, <laughs> I'd really like, like squirty to cream. I mean, time. I know what you mean. No, good. <laughs> that, now you should really think that's a great idea. <laughs> how did that happen the first time? I genuinely don't remember. I just remember how much I loved it. I haven't done it for years now, so I might might have to give it a go in the next mm. few days. I find it weird that people dip their McDonald's fries into McFlurry. Oh, I do that as well. That seems like a common one. Like a common... Have you done yeah. that? Uh, I've done fries into milkshake, I think. Is that, is that weird? I think it's weird, but it's salty and sweet, I suppose. People people love salty. It is strangely yeah. nice. You can, at Five Guys now, you can get bacon bits in milkshakes. Did you know that? Oh, no. See, that sounds wrong. Did you not, did you not know that? No. Oh, wow. See, I feel like I'm telling the food expert. Yeah, like the, please. F- f- you're a comedian, but I'm acting like you're some kind of chef. <laughs> 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 Let's talk a little bit about Off Menu. Go on. We're both big fans of the podcast. Um, for anyone out there that um, hasn't... Listen, don't. We really need to get above them. Please, please no. <laughs> Seriously, uh, check it out. How would... Um, we could sit here and describe it, but you're the main man. Why don't you describe what, what, what the podcast is? Well, I'm sure all your listeners know because you've uh, ripped it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a special guest in and we ask them their dream meal. So start a main uh, side drink dessert. And we ask them poppadoms or bread and still a sparkling water. That's the basics of it, but it just spins off into dumb yeah. conversation. One of my favourite episodes was the episode with Joe Lysett, which was a Christmas episode. Yes. I don't listen to them in order. I just scroll through, so I don't know whether it was Fine. Christmas there's just no, gone. There's no running storyline. You're no. all right. It's... And there's a... Yeah, it's it's mental. Like <laughs> Food almost becomes secondary. There was a bit about... I mean, I haven't listened to it for a while, but like putting greased up celebrities through a conveyor belt or something. Through, yeah, it was the... You know when you see like donuts being made and there's a glaze curtain yeah. and they go along like a conveyor belt and get covered in glaze? We wanted to start a game show where you put like a celebrity through a glaze curtain. Will it glaze? Will it glaze, yeah. <laughs> see, it's still about food, technically. It's still, it still yeah. starts off with food, but then we were like, what, what will glaze and what won't will? It glaze, uh, and then it ended up with we wanted to put David Williams through a glaze cut. <laughs> so if that hasn't sold it to you, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know That's what will. Sort of stuff. Who I'm not expecting you to pick one name, but who's who's some of the best guests you've had on? Who stand out for you? Uh, oh, I mean, I've stopped listening back. I used to listen to all of them. Oh, did you? The week they went out. Wow, that's interesting. Terrible mem- memory for things that I say. And right. So quite often I'll listen back to them. Like <laughs> we are quite funny. <laughs> um, but uh, the ones I've heard. Uh, Sindhu V, which is quite an early one, which is like a proper classic one. Um, they are all good, though, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Jean Grey, who's an amazing rapper and writer, we interviewed in New York. She's a brilliant episode. Uh, Greg Davis is another classic. That mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of people's favourites. Right. If they contact us and tell us their favourites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Greg's definitely up there. Just listen to one we did with Jen Brister, which is really good as well. But they're, they've all got they've all got at least one or two moments that 
are, are really good. Yeah, and they're all so unique, I think. Like, no two are the same. Because people are, people are weird about food. And yeah. You realise quite how individual people are about what they eat. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's it. why our meal deal question, like, it sounded like such a shit question. We get memed yeah. quite a bit online. Like, we'll have, like, some... So we had a guy called... Um, oh, no, I always go to that one. That's the one we didn't do. But, for example, we'll have, like, an undercover police officer on yeah. who's who's infiltrated, like, big gangs in London. I'll go, so what sandwich are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good because it goes off on, like, tangents and whatnot, which is why I really like it. Mike Skinner's another one that sticks out for me. Like you, I mean, that was, it, that he, was the... he's weird as well, though, man. <laughs> like he's such a, he's really funny. But he mm. came in, he does not give a shit. Like he's, and he was proper like funny, but deliberately trying to trip us up. He seemed like a hard nut to crack, yeah. so to speak. Was that is that hard? Because you you typically do get comics on. Uh, you well, you yeah. get a lot of comedians yeah, yeah. on, but when you when you don't, and you get like say like somebody from almost like a singer or something who's not involved in comedy, yeah. is is that sometimes is there a hard dynamic there? It 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 takes a while sometimes, mm. or like I, I think we'll we'll naturally be a bit more nervous if we don't know the person, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can tell pretty much five minutes in whether it's going to be all right. Yeah. And they wouldn't. I don't think people would agree to it as a PR thing unless they were willing to lean into it. Because it's like, it's always an hour interview. They've got to do some sort of prep. And I think you're going to have to roll with it if you're agreeing to that sort yeah. of thing. And Mike was really funny because he was very chatty before we started recording as well. He's like quite laid back and, you know, quite regular. And then we started recording it and he clearly went, I'm going to really try and throw them under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really funny to me. Yeah, you'd ask him a question and just go, yeah. no. Yeah, yep. no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, but then you'd ask him a question that is a yes or no answer and he'd go off on one for 10 minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you're doing. Here. The deeps kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was good. Have you ever had somebody that's not made it to, to air, so to speak? Or? No, no. I mean, we've got, I think we've got a couple coming up that may be more uncomfortable. Right. In what way? Uh just slightly odder interviews and they don't necessarily sort of fly fly off or spark see that makes me giddy yeah. <laughs> i want to hear that yeah i think yeah. a lot of people will enjoy them yeah um, but we're gonna release them yeah do I, it. Don't, I don't know what would have to happen for us to not release it right just somebody says something awful well we've not released three or four before yeah, it's hard because you don't want to offend the guests, but sometimes if there's if the chemistry's not there, then the chemistry's not yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What a shame no one's ever going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you've done, you've done podcasts for years, haven't you? Yeah. Because you was it uh, Peacock? Yeah. So it was Ray Peacock and me. Well, mm. he so he had a podcast called the Ray Peacock Podcast, uh, and then I sort of joined. It was him and an actor called Raji James, and then I joined that team. That was probably in. 2007 wow 2006 2007 was that specifically a podcast then yeah so that was that was so that was post Gervais so I think Gervais is always sort of credited with being one of the first the pod father yeah in the UK really uh it was post Gervais and no matter what he says it was pre-Richard Herring right um (laughs) so yeah it was I mean it's Ian Boldsworth is uh, Ray's real name. He he's yeah he started that very very early on yeah and then that became the Peacock and Gamble podcast and that ran for so you've been doing it for bloody years. Yeah, I mean, it took a long gap, but right? Yeah, I've been doing it for. What do you What do you like about them? Uh, free freedom, 
to mm. say to say what you want. And like back in the day, it felt like the proper Wild West. Did like it? You didn't really know who was listening. Right. <laughs> yeah. You just say whatever whatever you wanted and put it out. You you wouldn't. I I don't. Know, I've heard from other people that have done podcasts for a long time that you didn't ever really get much feedback from like iTunes and stuff either. So you didn't know how no. many like kind of no, no, listens no, no. you were getting. And well, we did it through a comedy website called Chortle, so they were sort of in charge of all of that. Right. Um. But no, we didn't know anything like that. Uh. We never did any advertising anything like that we didn't make any money off it wow uh and the the recording quality was probably quite terrible mm. uh but it's just just fun it's, it's just it, really fun do you feel like in recent years it's kind of boomed like the whole podcast it's yeah. huge now yeah i had no idea until i got back into it quite yeah. how massive it had become yeah like when we started doing it again and we went with acast or uh the company we're with and it was like it's like proper Thing. they've got like an office and stuff yeah even like coming into a studio to record one like it feels like podcasts still feel like they should be recorded in someone's bedroom but yeah i've never i never really did that because i was i was kind of late on to them so i think yeah. i start i was always i've done youtube like since way but that's a similar thing right i guess it's like a similar trajectory and yeah it, it it was like a bedroom thing and yeah it became massive it was yeah. always a bedroom thing it's, it's weird with youtube because i think it was always, especially when I first did it, I was everyone thought it was weird because it's like now every ma- man and his dog does it. Do you know what I mean? But back back in the day, I'd do it. I'd do it in my bedroom. It it gained a bit of following and whatever, and people started to know about YouTubers because they were like, "Oh, this person's just like me. They're just like the next door person, rather than like your Dermot O'Leary's of the world." Yeah. I'm just thinking of somebody who's on television. Like, it's a very a random yeah, choice. Weird. Uh, I don't know why I went there. Uh, <laughs> the unattainable <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> <of Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think YouTubers kind of like tried to outdo themselves by making better stuff and yeah. more polished stuff, and now it's kind of gone against what it once was do yeah. you know what i mean and and i don't know i don't, i think the best podcasts are like tr- keeping that real feel mm-hmm. of just just having a just having a chat but you always want to do a better pro- make a better product so it's kind of i feel like it's something that could eat itself if if the- yeah i see what you mean yeah but I, yeah i think it's the same i guess it's the same with youtube if you keep the heart of it of it's just sort of it feels it feels personal both of them feel personal if you're like watching a youtube video or you're listening to a podcast you want to feel like you're in the room with for them. sure yeah. That's, yeah that's one of the best comments we get i think mm. where people tweet us or something just saying i felt like i was in that conversation yeah, totally. i don't think you can really have a successful unless it's kind of like a completely different animal like a true crime podcast mm. or something but you can't really have a kind of comedy podcast unless people do feel like yeah. so like off menu i'll listen like just when i'm in the car on a journey and like it sounds cringy but you do feel like you're there. You do yeah, feel yeah, like you. I've, uh, there's there's times where I've actually thought back to an episode and almost thought I've seen it. Like I've seen the the yeah, way yeah. the way in which it works. And obviously you bounce off with, with James really well. How 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 long have you done stuff together? Well, we so, so that's the first proper thing we've done together, I guess. But we've we'd known each other for like ages because of doing gigs together. So you were you already mates, or did yeah, you come together yeah, yeah, just yeah. to? No, no, we've we've been mates for years. Right. So. Yeah, like James like came and I used to live with Nish Kumar, another comedian, and James like came and slept on a sofa for a month and stuff. Like we've we've been really good mates for years. Yeah, and always talked about food and absolutely love it. So I just decided, why don't we do a podcast? Text him, should we do a podcast? Yeah, he's yes, and then he sent the name and the idea for it. What straight away? Pretty much. <laughs> and you didn't really like, have to refine it. I was like, we should do a podcast about food, like chatting to guests about their favourite foods and stuff. And he was like, oh yeah, they can pick their um, dream menu. It can be called off menu. I went, yeah. 
And I was like, I know a producer because I'd just done this producer's podcast, the Great Benito, our, pod, uh, our podcast producer. Uh, I went, I know a producer, I'll email him. Uh, and I said, do, do you want to do this? He was like, yeah, I've got all the equipment. And I think we did it like the next week. Wow. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. It took us so long to come up with that name. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shit name. <laughs> Happy hour. When he first said it, I went, nah. And now we're stuck with also, it. So you're really limited to an hour, right? <laughs> we've, we've, our last ones have been like almost three hours long. Yeah. That, that was, that was gen- a genuine worry at first. Mm, went, what yeah. if we don't hit an hour? Yeah. It's, they're very rarely an yeah. hour. Like, don't worry, we won't keep you behind. <laughs> you can go whenever you want. <laughs> I'm sure it said hour in the title. <laughs> Strangely, we actually started uploading at pretty much the same time. I think your first one came out about three or four weeks after our first. Oh one. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's it's fun. It is it's fun. Who would be your dream guest to get in the dream restaurant that well, you've not already had on? Because I'm sure you've ticked a lot of boxes. I did have an answer for that, and we interviewed them three weeks ago, and that's coming out soon. So I'm not going to say. Oh wow, but it's quite. It's like properly my dream guest. So I don't think anyone else is going to be excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've said that though. Our dream guest, I guess, Bo Burnham would be our. Yeah, personal dream guest, yeah. but then yeah. the English audience might not care quite as much. Yeah, yeah but I've, he's pretty massive, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah well, think... he hasn't done anything in a long time now. Bar. Well, no, no. You see, eighth grade. I, 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 at what point? This is the thing I always struggle with with YouTube. So when you when you're thinking about booking guests, how how important is it that you think about the listeners, and how important is it that you go for what you are going to enjoy and what well, you think is going to make a good show? It's like we were saying, like. The listeners enjoy it if you're relaxed and they feel part of the conversation. Yeah. So the only way to do it is to book people you think will be good on the podcast and you can get on with. Yeah. Because I think, it, like, obviously we do do some where they're offered to us. Yeah. Because they're promoting something. Yeah. And then we think we've got to do it. Like, we've got to speak to the kid from Stranger Things. We had one of the kids from Stranger Things on. And and then you sat down talking to me, you're like, you're 15. <laughs> Because <laughs> the fact that you're still calling them the kid from the stranger yeah, things. Yeah, no you're, idea. Like, you're a 15 year old boy. You're being sort of hurried around New York. You've got to go to school after this. Like it's mm. it's not the easiest conversation. It was fun. It was still fun. Did he get Did he get what you? Because it was it was Noah Schnapp. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. He was slightly baffled by something. <laughs> Because they're so busy. It's crazy to see that sort of thing actually happening. Yeah. Like he did a live interview on TV, then he was sort of pushed into a room with us. He's like, okay, what what is this? What's going on now? And it must be difficult because like when they do them kind of press days, they're doing like five minutes here, five minutes there. Then they've got to sit down with you and James speak about food for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) And just two like British idiots just, yeah. And then he had to go to school. Mm. But So I think the best episodes are always the ones... That where you know we've picked someone because we think we're gonna get on with them. Would, would you would you do us the honor of picking your favorite episode if you have to pick one? It's really hard because they've all got so many so many moving parts to them. I'll say Greg da- the Greg Davis episode. Yeah, because yeah. he's also the first person to uh, pass on a course. So he we said what what's your favorite starter? He went pass. <laughs> He went, I don't like starters. I don't want one. <laughs> and that, I was like, that's blown my mind. Like, I didn't know we could do that. Absolute maverick. You yeah, it's your like, show. Changing, it was like, Fuck. That's such a strange answer. Yeah. Because starters are just small mains. Well, thank you. This is one of my catchphrases on the show. <laughs> so you're in more money now. <laughs> I, I think you are defined as um, you've, you may have even said it on a podcast, but you're a starter 
or you're either a starter or a dessert person, I think. Because you go on about, oh, yeah, I have this, 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 this. I'm yeah, like, there's yeah. no way you're going to eat all that <laughs> shit. I'm definitely, I'm definitely a starter person over a yeah. dessert person. Though. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, that's definitely me. Obviously, mm. James is pure dessert. That, <laughs> that's the tussle on the podcast. Yeah. What is it like working with James? Like you said, you've right. been friends for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very easy. A lot of people seem fascinated by James. Like um, when we when we mentioned you were coming on, they were like, ask him about James. Ask yeah, him yeah. about James. And the uh, people. People, how much of this? How much of James is is that? Like that person when you think about him laying on your sofa? Yeah, yeah. It's, is he the person we see on TV yeah, that we know pretty, and love? Pretty odd guy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get him in one day. I want to meet yeah. him. He's an absolutely fasc- fascinating person. We have a weird connection actually, and and with yourself because we all. Um, we st- I've, I've done a bit on, on Fubar Radio. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's it. <laughs> How was that's that time in your life? Past. That's still a thing. I know. I know. I, I didn't think that was going to last a day when we started doing it. Yeah. It's it's, it's a baffling time. It, oh, it was a baffling time. What, what they've done with my show is... Um, They've rebranded it. I've not been on there for five years, and yeah. they've rebrand, rebranded it as Jack Mate's Lockdown Show, what? and and they and they put it on the the schedule as if it's like a live show going out. It's absolutely baffling. Yeah, yeah weird. No, that that was that's a, such a weird thing. So I did that with uh, with Ian Boldsworth again, mm. and it was really fun. Because, but it just it felt like we were doing the podcast again. Yeah, because it went it always went out as a podcast. But we actually gen- we we started to generate some callers and stuff, and there are actually people listening. And he ended up having a ma- a massive feud with John Gaunt, who's like a proper right wing, like old school nutter presenter. What he called in? Uh, no, he so he joined the station, <laughs> I was say. and we started making fun of him on air, and like started slagging off his show and stuff. And then he caught wind of this and was like, and went mad about it. Wow, threatened to quit and stuff. It was a crazy place, Food Bar Radio, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. when I tell you stories of it now, it's almost like it's a mythical land. <laughs> like, because like I say, they their USP was like, well, it was when I joined. Um, obviously, you're a lot more clean, clean cut, I'd, I'd say. But um, like they kind of wanted edgier yeah. people, didn't they? So like, yeah. I was often told like, say naughty things like that. And I'd be like, well, it's my career I've got to kind of worry about as well. So me and Ian would just say horrible stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> our podcast was <clears throat> a bit like that. And mm. uh, yeah, and we, we would we would take it too far. Like, So I did a rock show on there with Joel Domit. Mm. And because there was no like attempt to make it like proper radio, they, they just let you off the leash. So the producers would just go, what are you going to do now? And you just do it. So you'd be doing like 25 minute long links and then you play a song. Yeah. Which is madness. I do commercial radio now. The, the idea of doing that is completely like it's yeah. madness. <laughs> um, and we would do th- like so we did a weekly show me and Ian and we would do things like remember do you remember when the Malaysian airliner went missing? Yeah. yeah. We did a 2 hour show of people calling in <clears throat> to say if it was near them. <laughs> what? <laughs> and we'd be like we don't know where this plane is. It's awful. This plane's gone missing. Yeah. Call in and say if it's near you. So we'd be like where are you? And they'd be like I'm in Leeds. Is it there? I haven't seen it. Right. It's so not in Leeds. <laughs> so we're just going to cross off where it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> and the just, last place yeah, is left yeah, uncrossed. Exactly. That must be where it is. <laughs> it's just they, a Norwich. <laughs> so it's not, you know, edgy as such, but yeah. it's just stupid. Such mm. dumb range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that was pretty much what our show, show was. It was, a, it was a weird time. I can't even put a pin in it. Do you enjoy doing radio now? Because obviously, yeah, it, I love it. Is it. You do Radio X now, don't so you? So I did Radio X with Matthew Crosby. Mm. Uh, the only thing I don't enjoy is the time because we do sun, Sundays at 8 a.m. Oh. Uh, which is a bit, it's a bit hard. 
Um, yeah. Do you, before, obviously, you're not drinking now, but did you like a drink before? Yeah. Saturday nights was when you have a few beers. Right. With, yeah. But it's, then I'm a comic, so it's sort of it was always sort of drip fed throughout the week anyway. So <laughs> right. Wednesdays are a really big night. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Wacky Wednesdays. <laughs> no, there, there would be shows where, you know, even having a few drinks now, I'm 34 now, if I have mm. a few drinks and have to get up early the next morning, I'm like noticeably slower. Right. So, yeah, we, we hear, well, I've heard this before because I'm 20. Seven, yeah. So not much younger than you, but yeah. a, f- a few years. The, You're not uh, far off that, I think. What at what point does does, does kind of like the ship sink and then the hangovers? 30, be- Thirty, I found. Really? It's and it's not even like, like I, I probably don't drink as much as I used to. Like I can't I can't cope with that. But yeah. It's even just feeling a little bit slow, even after a few drinks. Mm. Yeah, no, because I, I had three IPAs last night in the pub yeah. around the corner and I thought to myself this morning if I had one more I reckon I'd have probably felt a bit yeah. a little bit weird but it's weird because when you're younger you can just drink whatever and then you get up and you're oh, like God. life is great I'm going to skip down the road my, <laughs> last, my last year of uni just hammered the whole time yeah. I'd get up at 8 and go and do some work what like, what, what, should, what would your drink of choice be? now or yeah. back then now I like wine now do you? I'm a wine guy now oh, you've we've, changed yeah. <laughs> we've spoken about that before whether you get to an age and then suddenly wine is lovely because at the moment we yeah. don't really like it I don't understand it that's the thing yeah that, I mean it's it, there's so many mm, yeah. <laughs> there's so many different types okay so because I, I used to work in Bella Italia yeah. so they had red white and rose sure. oh, right, okay. right. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I'm obviously I'm with their list <laughs> okay uh, once, so say I've tried one bit of red, yeah, one bit of white, <laughs> one bit of red, one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. one bit of rose. Yeah. Does that mean? And I don't like either. You've not tried all the wines. Oh, that's what I was thinking. They right. all taste. They do taste different. Do they? Yeah. What one would you recommend to me? I tell, so I tell you what I'm really into at the moment. I'm just getting into. There's a, and it's it's like a big trendy thing. That's why I'm into it mm. because I'm pathetic and I follow trends. It's natural wine. Um, so natural wine that's not been through the same processes to like filter out all the stuff. Okay. Uh, and also it's a bit like craft beer and the labels are really cool. So it's easier to pick them. So you pick them based on the label. Yep. Do you? Yeah, quite often. But yeah. but this is the thing when I've seen wine in, is can you get this wine in supermarkets? Not really. So, no. so where do you get them from? Like, Internet or independent shops. Yeah. Okay. So say you go like, I've always found like we bought Peter Blexley, who was a guest we had on last week. We bought him a bottle of wine because yeah. he liked, he liked red and I didn't know what, like, if I go into Sainsbury's and I'm like, is that a shit place to buy someone a bottle of wine? I don't think it is. I think they've got, they've probably got great, like, affordable wines in Sainsbury's as well. But I think I don't, I couldn't walk in Sainsbury's and go, that one's really nice, all good year for that one. I know the varieties of grapes that I like. So I know I like a Malbec, I like a Primitivo, I like a I like a Pinot Noir, and I know that that means like some of them are heavier. Some I like a Cabernet Sauvignon. That's a very sort of heavy, alcohol, heavy, rich wine. Whereas a Pinot Noir might be slightly lighter. I know that sort of stuff, but right. I, I can't get into the sort of things with the producers. But mainly, I like natural wine with cool labels. Yeah, but this is the going back to the labels thing. What makes a cool label? Because I look at this is what I say to Fee when I'm in Asda. I'm picking out IPAs, which again, like not as highbrow as like you picking out fancy wines. I'm like, I like that design because there's a skull on it. Whereas wine labels are just brown labels. Yeah, this, nah. this is the natural no? wine. The new cool producers. It's cool labels. Is it? Yeah. 
What's a cool label? So I'm really into... I like stuff with skulls on. Yeah. I right. love skulls. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a look. There's a skull and crossbones ring. Okay, I he's confirmed. I absolutely love skulls. I like that you went to the ring and not the skull <laughs> the that you've got yeah. tattooed on your body. That's a cat skull. Oh, okay. And, I mean, if you want to do all the skulls on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. And there as well. Wow. Yeah, I'm sculled up. Right. <laughs> so I like a skull. There's a really nice uh, sparkling uh, natural wine called Astro Bunny, which has got like a crazy pink bunny on the front of it. I like the name. Would that be one that I should go for? Is that yeah, an entry-level wine? For that, it's all it's all entry-level. Is it? Well, unless... Um, don't don't go and go like, I don't know much about wine. 400 quid? Like, just... Yeah. Yeah. What's a good what's a good amount of money to spend on a bottle of wine? Depends how much money you got. How much is Astro Bunny? <laughs> Astro Bunny is actually like twenty quid or something. Oh, that's not bad. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm I'm sure I've heard this on the off menu before. I can't remember whether it was from you or James, but one of you mentioned that you know when they bring the wine over at the table, yeah. and you try it, yeah, you like what. What are you doing there in that moment? Yeah, are you just going, yeah, I like that, like yeah, because I've never, I would never go take this away <laughs> yeah. like just pour me a glass yeah like I, <clears throat> I think a lot of it is to do with like i think you were supposed to do it to check to see if it was corked oh but i don't know if i could tell if something was corked or not because i don't trust myself so if something tasted like horrible and vinegary i'd probably be like it's probably just the wine yeah that's exactly that's exactly my point and yeah. that's why i don't think i could ever get into it i don't where do, you, where do they teach you that you, I mean, you, you can classes. literally do wine tasting classes. <laughs> that is so far removed from what I know. Like that's that's, that's stick, unreal. Stick to your IPAs, but you're never yeah. going to know everything about it. So I think it's just if you want to go and buy a couple of bottles and see if you like a wine, mm. look on the label, see what type of wine it is. Okay. <laughs> because they look at the label, make sure it's cool. You yeah. if, but you don't make like sure it. There's a skull on it. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's no skull, you don't it. like it. Yeah. <laughs> Pour it down the sink. Recommend me a wine then, and I'll go away, and that'll Astro be Astro Bunny. Oh, Astro sorry. Bunny. Oh, is that like what you went light, for? A nice light sort of Astro spark, Bunny sparkling wine. All right, I'm going to give it a go, yeah, give it a and go. then I'll tweet you yeah. my review. All right, cool. And, and, I'm, and I and I want to. I'll, I'll put it on record now that I'm going to try and make it like an actual wine review. I'm not just yeah. going to go. It's good. I'm going to try and use big words. Also, there's a fantastic natural wine. It's like a white wine, but it's slightly sparkling. Called Little Bastard. Oh, I like that. Okay. I, um, like, I obviously tasted that because I was like, it's called Little Bastard. It's got a wolf on the front. Yeah, no, I do. I do love it. Sold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I've got a few to to go away and think of. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been thinking of how I segue into my next topic, but you'll notice I'm not a pro broadcaster here. I actually, I was going to say, I think you're a very good segwayer. 
Really? So far. And now he's oh, ruined it by saying, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you're going, I'm about yeah. to segue. Uh, so I was like, oh, God, he's asked another question now. <laughs> you see that coming? Because I was, I was thinking about, I, I pri- I'm glad you said that because I pride myself on trying to do good segues. Yeah. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a way there. You go. Oh, you're talking about alcohol. Is it? How's alcohol with the uh, right? Okay. So maybe I can ask you that, and we can pretend yeah, that. No. <laughs> okay. Um, you you're a type one diabetic. Yes. My sister recently got diagnosed, and um, as I said to you before we came on, she doesn't really know. She doesn't know many comedians. Um, and I told you were coming on. She was really excited because she's uh, found out about you through your work that you've done with Dexcom. Dexcom, yeah, and, and whatnot. So I. Uh, um, you kindly said you'd be up for chatting a bit about yeah, course, diabetes. Yeah. How, yeah. how old were you when um, when you got diagnosed? I was 13 when I was diagnosed. 13? Yeah. Wow. And She's sort of, I think, probably quite an average age to be diagnosed. How, right. how old is your sister? She is three years younger than me. Oh, okay. So and quite she, a late diagnosis. Yeah. So she got diagnosed when she was 22. Mm. And um, again, like I said earlier, I really used to think that I was quite close-minded to the, quite ignorant to the topic of diabetes. Like, and I think a lot of people still are. Like my nan and granddad, when my sister goes round there, that they literally like m- my sister's like in good shape now, but she used to be a bit chubbier. And they they always say like, "Well, um, if you didn't eat all those, <laughs> like, yeah. like if you didn't eat all those sausages when you were younger, like, it might have been a bit different." And that's she's so, like, "That's oh. so weird that it's sausages as well." Like I've obviously heard that opinion before. I've been like, "Are you eating too much, too many sweets? That's why you're diabetic." <laughs> Not sausage. <laughs> I didn't know sausage. Just had any form of link to no, that. No, but basically they thought like when she Good was sausage a, bun, though. No? Yeah, <laughs> link. Well oh, well and I definitely meant it. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, do you find that people are still quite quite ignorant to to stuff like that? They can be. Mm. Um, but I think, like I was saying to you as well, like I'm sure there's lots of things that I'm completely ignorant about. You you sort of your opinion is formed by what's put out there in the media and what was put out there for a long time about all of diabetes is that it's somehow lifestyle induced and people have only got diabetes through their own fault or whatever, Mm. which is actually, so that's not true of type one diabetes at all. It can be true of type two diabetes, not the fault thing, but it can be exacerbated by lifestyle. Yeah. But even I was ignorant to that being type one diabetic. I was like, no, don't say I did it to myself. That's the type two diabetics, which is also not true. I think it's very small, small percentage. And also it's, it's not people who've sat down and gone, I'm going to eat myself into a condition. It's, you know, it's exacerbated by genetics and all of that sort of stuff. And it can be age. And there's plenty of very young, fit, healthy people who are diagnosed as type two diabetics. So it's, right. broad brush strokes are probably never, never a good idea. No. And I managed to upset the type two diabetics on Live at the Apollo anyway. So now I uh, try and educate myself a little bit more. Yeah, fair enough. You can you can only draw on your own experiences and whatnot. And, yeah, exactly, and like, yeah. like I always say, until you learn, you haven't learned. So yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. For sure. did, it ha- did it turn your life around quite a bit? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to sort of remember now because it was, you know, so long ago. It was over 20 years ago. But um, weirdly, I was... I was a bit chubbier as well. I was mm. a big, big fan of sausages. Uh, <laughs> maybe this is it. Maybe sausages do cause type 1 diabetes. What an awful way to find out. But he loves sausages as well. <laughs> I think it probably didn't turn my life around as much as it should have done initially. I think mm. I didn't. I sort of did the bare minimum for a long time. And probably only when I got to about... Uh, maybe 23 24 mm. like i lost a lot of weight and like started to try and get on top of my lifestyle a little bit right but probably from like 14 through to the end of uni i was just treating it like everyone else would i ca- I, I couldn't imagine 
I can't imagine having it because, like, I, obviously, my sister. Well, I think anyone would type one has to inject themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that. Like to me, that is so alien because yeah. I've never had to had to do it. The thought of even doing it once, like, I, I'm, I can't let my sister test my finger with yeah. the little pricks and stuff like that how does a 13 year old learn to do that kind of stuff did you, were you did you have to inject yourself when you were 13 yeah how do, how do you do you learn you to do that you just gotta pretty- do it like yeah. when someone tells you you've got to do this or you're gonna die the the only way of dealing with it is going well I guess I'm gonna do it then <laughs> yeah like you do just have to do it yeah and also like people always say that about the injections like I couldn't do that that's really that's really hard how do you inject yourself that's actually the least annoying part of it the actual act of the injection is it the annoying bit is trying to work out how much to inject based on what you're eating and trying to keep your blood sugar levels stable because the whole aim is to keep your blood sugar levels at a certain level because my body can't control that, so I have to control it. And the way I do that is eating, injecting insulin, trying to cover the food with the amount of insulin. Right. And any any factors around me can change how it affects me. So, like, if it's warm, I give the normal amount of insulin that I give, and suddenly my blood sugar level drops. So it's constantly trying to be on top of that. The actual injection is nothing. Right. Because so, um, another misconception is that you can't eat sugar is that yeah, what people, but yeah, you can people, can't people you? Are always go oh sorry can you eat that it's like yeah i can eat whatever i want i can just inject for it sometimes i choose not to eat those things because i don't want to have to go through the hassle of injecting and trying to control the levels so like pizza like i love pizza yeah but sometimes with pizza i can eat it inject for the pizza and then later on my blood sugar level can shoot up massively because it's a delayed reaction of all the fat and stuff really yeah it's it gets really complicated and re- like yeah it's, it's really annoying so sometimes it's best to just go i'm not gonna have pizza right wow fucking hell and what's so so do you you work with dexcom sometimes? so yeah so dexcom so like you're saying about pricking your finger and stuff yeah um i now don't have to do that really because i've got this thing in my arm uh, and then it basically Bluetooths my blood sugar level to my phone. That's insane. That's so cool. Yeah. I've got like a... I'll show you. So what levels are you supposed to be? I'm probably asking all the boring all, all the boring questions now. But So broadly, I mean, they say between four and seven, but you kind of... If it goes lower than four, you like start to feel a bit shaky. Well, I certainly do. Yeah. Uh, and you have to have like some sugar tablets or whatever to get it back up. But right. It's between four and seven, but then like it can be higher than that. So if you look at this graph here yeah so i've got like a thing saying i'm 7.7 now right but that gray area is what i've given myself to stick within oh okay so yeah so you just need to keep an eye on it basically and just bluetooth it to you yeah it's amazing i mean i couldn't have dreamt of this sort of thing when i was diagnosed yeah and i'd still inject myself and stuff but there's there's pumps as well so some people have just another thing in their arm yeah it's hooked up something and they can just dial in how much they want it's probably a silly question but when you inject yourself now after having done it so much yeah does it not hurt you it doesn't really hurt anyway like honestly like it's the needle's like four millimeters or something right it's it's tiny yeah and you just you can do it like you can do it anywhere and most of my friends when i diagnose go you do do it in your dick Um, (laughs) (laughs) i'd say it took 10 minutes after telling my friends i'd been diagnosed type one diabetic (laughs) And ask me if I could inject into my dick or my eye. <laughs> or your eye? You do it in your eye. Thanks for the support, guys. <laughs> I assume you haven't done it. No, for no, 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 either of those things. I think. No, it's subcutaneous, so as long as you do it just below the skin, it's fine. Right. 
So it does, yeah, it doesn't. I just tend to do it in my stomach or my arm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Would you say you'd recommend a Dexcom then massively? Oh, hugely. Because my sister reckons it's proper changed her life. Yeah. Like for the first year, she was really depressed with it all. Like yeah, it yeah. really affected her, like her mental health, like big time. I just felt like it flipped her life on her head. Maybe because she was a bit older when she got I think, diagnosed. I think that's a rough time to be diagnosed. Yeah, you've got everything sort of going on yeah you've set you've set your life up basically right yeah, yeah. there's a there's a sky sports presenter called um smithy i don't know if you've I, if, I, if you're aware of him but you're not a football fan no. but yeah but he um he got diagnosed as type one i think he was about 30 yeah which is quite quite old and he he said the same he said it really like got him down and stuff do you as somebody who's kind of pretty much lived with it all your life if there's anyone out there who's recently been diagnosed have you got any like words of in, encouragement or anything yeah like? i mean the thing i the thing i tend to say is that um perfection isn't possible so right you can't strive for perfection it's not like you're going to have suddenly have a day where everything's perfect and then you're not going to have it anymore yeah so you can only roll with what happens to you and know that you can get it back on track yeah so i've had times where it's just gone mad really what like the levels have gone really high yeah they just they just go a bit mad or like some days i'm just like i'm just gonna eat i'm gonna eat a pizza and deal with the consequences and i'll I'll get it back on track tomorrow so if you if you do eat that pizza are you just injecting loads of that insulin no because it's kind of you you don't want to inject it too soon with a pizza i find because the fat Fat delay. I, I've learned way more about science than I ever thought I would as well. Yeah. Fat delays the absorption of carbohydrates into the body. Right. So because there's fat and carbs, the carbohydrates aren't being absorbed straight away. So you need to inject, I find, a little bit later. And then more carbs are being absorbed in like three hours time. So I just keep an eye on it and give some more insulin later. It's yeah. like a constant trial and error with your body, yeah, isn't totally. it? Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. Constant trial and error. That is so like, we're so lucky to like be in full health. Like, yeah. because y- you having to go through that and I've seen it firsthand with my sister, as I keep saying, but it's, it's, but it baffles me how much admin you have to keep yeah, up yeah, in your own body. It's another, it's a, a full time job. Yeah. And I've constantly got it in the back of my mind. Have you? Yeah. Mm. But also I, do, I don't know. It's sort of, this sounds wanky, but it sort of puts me in touch with my body. I think more than a lot of people are. Yeah, that's I can, what, yeah. I can feel I can feel when my blood sugar's high. I can feel when my blood sugar's low. I know what I know the healthy lifestyle. If I led it all the time, that I I could keep on top of it so yeah. broadly i'm quite healthy right that's what i was going to say does it in a weird way obviously nobody wants to have diabetes yeah, but yeah. Do, it, does it have them does it have big benefits as well in in terms of like yeah, knowing like, where you're like, yeah I, I you know i i think i stay pretty healthy generally right to keep on top of that like i know if i exercise regularly mm. i can control my blood sugars better fair enough and and you you take a lot of kind of like the funnier sides of that and you put it into your your stand-up and you you talk yeah. about your experience experiences and stuff and you you've, you've learned to have a laugh at shit like that like yeah i'm also i'm a comic i just yeah of course anything that i that can make me stand out from anyone else. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise i am just every other comic on telly right well so. yeah well, you've literally called your last your last show um blood sugar yeah i really lent into it <laughs> <laughs> how's how's that reception been it's been good certainly from like the diabetic <clears throat> community has been really yeah really good because like you say i think people want to hear you want to hear other diabetics talking about it. Yeah, and because it is such an unusual, like, uh, obviously there's a lot of people out there that suffer with it, but for me and Stevie, it's an unusual viewpoint. Like, yeah, is totally. an unusual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just one of my favourite parts of that show is that you just talk to the other diabetic in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that cracked me up. Every night of that tour, there would always be at least one yeah. uh, other diabetic and... It was always funny to have a really specific conversation with them about diabetes when, and then just keep no one else has a clue. The, the audience and being like, "This bit's not for you." <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. The, we did one night at the Leicester Square Theatre uh, where 
there was only one other. Uh, well, this uh, three people cheered, and I was like, "Oh, you're all sat together." Uh, and and they went, "Yeah, we're the we're the university uh, university college London Diabetic Society." Um, oh, and I was like, "Oh, wow, you've all come." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I think there were three or f- maybe five, and I was like, "So type ones or type twos?" Like, I'm type one. I'm type two. Uh, and then there's one guy in the society who was like, I'm just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> just a supportive, non-diabetic friend. My sister always says, um, I'm probably going to butcher this and make it sound way more wanky than she meant it to, but she always she said that when she was going through it and, and, and even now, you look at other type ones and it's almost like a connection that you, you yeah. already have. Do you find that? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, you're going through at least some, some of the same things. Right, I yeah. Think. Yeah. Fair enough. But also you've always got to... Yeah, you've always got to work out that no one's no one's perfect as well. Yeah, because yeah. you see some diabetics who feel like they've got it all together and they know exactly what they're doing, and no one does really. Right. I know we just moved on to the show, but I want to ask one more question about about it. <laughs> Go just, on. Um, what is what is a hypo? Because so a hypo is a low blood sugar. Right. Yeah. yeah because you, I've I've often heard the phrase people going hyper. Yeah. But doesn't because my dad told me this story once, and I don't know. If it's bollocks or not. So my granddad that passed away recently, he he was type one. Right. And my dad said that he took him to, uh, they went to like a car boot or something one morning and he was having a hypo, but he just started acting like a child. Yeah. So so when sometimes some of the side effects of like having a really low blood sugar, especially if it goes like crashes and goes very low. Yeah. Because it limits brain function. If you've got no, glu- if you've got no glucose... Like you've got no fuel, basically. Wow. So I mean, I I don't think I've I've had a couple of times where I've just gone a bit weird, like and you know not really saying the right things and or not the sentences and the connections aren't being made. Are you aware that you're being a bit? Yeah, kind of. But right. Also, there's just you don't have enough energy to explain. Right. But then I I went to like I did like a course on proper eating for diabetes and how to do carb counting and all of that. And one of the guys there, it happened to him the whole time. And he said he would do things like he'd know he'd had to make something sugary and he'd put jam on a piece of toast and then go out his front door and post post the jam toast back through his own letterbox. What? <laughs> what? Because it's like all the connections are gone. So he's like, I know I need to put this in a slot somewhere. Is this, is this some guy you used to live with, do you say? No, no, no. I did this. So we did this like course thing. Oh, right. In hospital, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is that James? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's not wasting jam on a door. Um, yeah, he'd be like, he'd do like mad stuff like that. Oh, Crazy. mad. Yeah, it's mad because I used to always think like, you. I could say to you, oh, you're a bit hyper today and it just means you're a bit more energetic. Yeah, so hyper is up. Yeah, hypo yeah. is down. Yeah, exactly. So hyperglycemia is a high is a high blood sugar, and then hypoglycemia is low blood sugar. All oh, right, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to back to back to blood sugar. Back to uh, your illustrious comedy career. How how long have you you been doing it for? So there's two, there's two answers. Both are boring. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> Put this on the <laughs> I started doing uh, stand up properly in. I always say 2007, but my first gig was 2005. I started doing all, any comedy stuff I started in 2005 at university, and I did my first gig then as well. So gig. what were you studying at university? Philosophy. Okay, so did you So you didn't always want to be a comedian? Uh, Yeah, I think I did. You Com- did? Comedian or actor, yeah. So you must have been naturally gifted, because in 2007, 2007, you got to the final of the Chortle Awards? Yeah, so that was, the, that was my last year of uni, yeah. And that was the first year that you did stand? Well, it's the first year I was properly doing it. So I'd done like, so I did sketch comedy in 2005, started doing that then, and the occasional stand-up gig. Right. 
But then 2007, I probably started doing stand-up. But that wasn't even that. I was doing a character character act then. As well. Was you? Yeah. What was you doing? It was a romantic novelist called Selsden Krupp. <laughs> it was very studenty, but there were some good gags in there. And then when when did you? Because everyone on my YouTube channel, I'm not I, I'm not a proper comedian. I do funny YouTube videos, but right. I've, I've never really I've dabbled in stand-up, but not a lot. I was a huge fan of Ricky Gervais growing up, and yeah. I always cite him as like my. Uh, a comedy hero and for years and there's still a lot of it on the channel for sure but I just kind of copied Brent so I would to find my style in because in, I like that style of comedy I would just be like well that's what I'm going to do yeah, then yeah. did you always have quite a unique style or no did you- I'm exactly the same when we were doing student sketch comedy it was all about the office so it was like it was so it was Brent and Partridge yeah like that was everything we were doing was so we were like we want to be like naturalistic like like Gervais and yeah. Merchant so yeah. it would be so officey yeah um so no there's definitely <clears throat> there wasn't a unique style there at all I don't think but then we were too like loud and stupid to pull it off so yeah. we'd try and do that and then all our best stuff would be like I did a fart <laughs> So, like, there's no point. So when when would you say you f- you found your your style, or when did you start? I don't, weirdly, I don't think I've got a style. <laughs> like <laughs> I think finding my style was just being as as close to my actual personality on stage as possible. Right. So and then you just write. You just keep writing, and then you work out in what sort of in what vein you're you're funniest do do you've mixed with a lot of comedians would you yeah. say would you say that that's common with a lot of them would you say like because you mentioned james being just like how he how yeah. we, we see him like is that is that a common trait with with comedians are they just like extended versions of themselves on it, de- it really it really depends does it and it depends how people find their voice like i i think i just I just thought I'll just be myself and just keep trying to hone that and refine that and work out what that means on stage. Mm. But then there's, I think James made like quite a distinct decision on how he was going to be on stage. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of comedians decide on a persona and then they do the persona. Some people are quite different off stage, but then, yeah. It's such an art form that I'm in in awe of. Like I love chatting to proper, proper comics. And when you see it's, it's, it's mad how much goes into it. Mm -hmm. Like some will literally plan every element of that personality that, that they're going to be. I'm not one of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I like podcasting as well is you can just rock up and chat. Yeah. And some of my gigs are like that as well, to be honest. Right. I really, I like building stories. I like having a story and then, doing it at a new material night uh, and then working out what's funny about it and then adding lines to it as I go along. Oh, so yeah. Some, some of my bits will start off at like a 30 second story and then they'll end up being five or six minutes. Really? From doing constant gigs and adding to it and things happening in the room. and So, so you can't really, if you, so when, when you write your jokes down mm-hmm. and you structure them, you can you, is it true you can't really tell if it's a good joke until you're out is that true? <clears throat> Absolutely. For me, yeah. Yeah. Like I've been doing it what, 15 years or something. Yeah. I can still write a bit down and go, I've no idea whether that's funny or not. Yeah. And then go on stage and it's not. <laughs> Inevitably. But <laughs> then that's why and then Amazon Prime buy it and it's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what the tester shows are for though, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, exactly. And quite quite often you write down an idea for a story or a joke, you go on, you do it, and the bit that you're like, this is gonna absolutely smash it. Nothing. And then a little aside that you've written, just as like texture, yeah, will get a massive laugh. And you're like, oh, that was a funny bit all along. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I've, I did. I did one thing. I don't, I don't know how into YouTube you are, but I watch. I watch food YouTube. Yeah, a lot of food stuff. Uh, 
I've I've got age thirty four. I've got into sneakers, so I, I watch a lot of sneaker YouTube. <laughs> right, uh, but it's mainly uh, just people eating a lot. Okay, right. So you do you know who the side men are? Uh, no, you don't know who the side men are. Oh wow! Do you know who KSI is? Yes. Okay. All right. So KSI's got like a group of like all these mega YouTubers that are right. like a group. They're like the Avengers of YouTube, if yeah. if you will. <laughs> and well, they're massive. They've got huge audiences, yeah. and they invited kind of like some. I don't want to say edgier because that's a that's a shit word. But I see myself as a bit of an anti YouTuber because I call right. out a lot of YouTubers and poke fun at them. Right. And um, they they booked out the comedy store in London, and they all sat on stalls, and they got these YouTubers to come up. Up and roast them, right? And because I, I like my dream in life is to be a stand-up, right? But I just need to get the bottle, so I think I can kind of structure a joke. But it's just having the bottle of the, to, yeah, yeah. to do it. So I wrote these like th- these lines down. I had no idea if they were funny or not. I was shitting myself, and I went up and, and I did them. And what you said just struck a chord with me because they all got laughs in the right places, and I, and I was very very grateful. But the 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 only improvised line I did on the day was the one that got the biggest laugh, yeah. and that's what fascinated me. And instead of taking that as a positive, I kind of let it get to me as a negative because I came away and was like, "Well, I don't fucking know." Then, like, I've got no. I've... That means you. That means you've got natural talent. That means you've got instincts. Oh, right? because God, what high praise! <laughs> um... Somebody who hasn't seen it, <laughs> but I'll put... take it. I'm going to pretend you've seen it. And he... <laughs> but every like uh, like uh, I think everyone's got different skills within comedy as well. So there's some people who can sit down and write, and they uh, like amazing routines and they can go out and do them and they smash it yeah but some people just feel stuff in the room and audiences are cleverer than they even realize because they can tell they would have been able to tell on instinct that that was improvised you reckon yeah unique audiences like unique things that are only happening in that room at that time wow are you would you is improv a big part of your yeah i try and well yeah i chat to the audience a lot um I agree. I think the funniest stuff normally just comes off the top of your head. Yeah. That's how I write as well. A lot of the times I'll just walk on and just start talking and, and hope that something it's amazing. It's pop, such a, pops out. Such a skill. Such a skill. I, well, it's amazing w- when it works. Yeah. <laughs> it well, it- Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bell one time on Friday. So participating in McDonald's through 1231.24. Excludes tax. Must update rewards. Whether you're making a delicious family meal or a post-workout snack, choose the farm-fresh taste of Eggland's Best Eggs. Only Eggland's Best Hens are fed their proprietary all-vegetarian feed. That's what makes their eggs more nutritious. With 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 6 times more vitamin D compared to ordinary eggs. Eggland's Best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com to learn more. Embarrassing. Well, no, because I still, I'm still in awe a bit of, of of comics who who like you just said test stuff out yeah. on the night because we've had a few comics in here. We've Gervais has been in. Yeah. We've had Daniel Sloss, like people that I've admired for years. And what fascinates me about them is the fact, and, and what you've said, you've said exactly the same thing as well. You write a joke not knowing if it's funny, and the fact you have the bottle to get up on a stage, like because you've been doing it for so many years. I hope this isn't coming called patronizing no, like, but because you've been doing it for so many years it's so natural to you whereas i look at that and go how have you got the bottle to go on a stage in front of people that you don't know are going to laugh at the and I, do it i think uh just becoming a little bit strengthened to maybe it's going to be shit right. <laughs> yeah like uh, being, yeah. Uh, being able to you you end up doing it so much that you can just walk on and if it's a bit shit you can just go well, it's fine. I'll just do another one tomorrow and you can just block it out can yeah. you and, and and you still then have the drive to do it again the next day yeah, yeah. But it's a different audience. Do you think it helps now that you're a name as well? Definitely. Because so, 
I think your worry has always been if you were to do stand up, you'll just get a lot of Jackmate fans well, there. Well, this is the thing. So I I had this. I had a I had a meeting with a company before that that were like right you you on your on your, my YouTube channel. I have a few routines that I and on the podcast we do fucking three of these every week. Mm. I I have jokes that I'll go to all the time. So they were like right we're going to do you a tour and it's going to be under Jack, mate. So not my name, but then Gervais, cause I spoke to him about it. and was like, what shall I do? And he gave me a really good bit of advice that I'd, I'd like to hear your point of view, but he's like, do not do it. Do it under a different name. Because yeah. if I do it as Jack, mate, as a YouTuber that I always, I always take the mick out of somebody called Zoella because she did an advent calendar that was 50 quid and it was right. mental. So I did a sketch about yeah. it and it went mad. I could go on a stage in front of a thousand of my my, my audience and just and just refer back to that yeah. and get laughs. But yeah, that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you're funny because you're playing it to... It depends what you want to do, right? So mm. if, you, if you do want to be a comic... Yeah. And you want to start doing stand-up comedy, and it's the sort of stuff you enjoy watching, and that's what you want to do. Then totally, you've got to do it under a different, yeah, under a different name. You've got to go and do awful gigs uh, with no one in them. You've got to do the hard yards. Does it? You're not selling it to you've me. Got to do the hard yards. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you know, if you if you want to just do live stuff to people who like you already, mm. I'm sure it'd be really fun. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I mean, I'd just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Take the easy option. I'd, abso- yeah. I'd absolutely love to do that. Yeah. You've got, you've got a ready-made audience. Mm. You, it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you're not funny if they're laughing at what you're saying. Right. Yeah. But it just means they're fucking that, idiots. You can take that to a club. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You could, you could do both. I'm what, sure. What, it, it, how hard was it for you to build your, your name in the scene? It's you don't feel like you're doing that while it's happening. Oh, okay. You just you're just enjoying good, the ride. You just want to get good at what you're doing, and it's such a social thing as well. You're just making friends along the way, and like it's so cheesy. But like you've you've got mates, and you're going to gigs, and there's like loads of you hanging out, and you do work hard on what you're doing, but you're enjoying it so much it doesn't feel like work. So mm. I don't think I ever had that thing of like I need to build my name up. I think right. some people do. Some people are hugely ambitious. Yeah, but you can normally tell those the shark-eyed people. <laughs> are you? Well, would you say you're not a very ambitious person? Uh, I think I've stumbled into a lot of a lot of successful things, <laughs> which is even more annoying. But yeah, there's there's always been things where I'm like, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that. But mm. you, also, it's not you know, it's you, there's no set path. Yeah. So you're not you're not going to go well. Once I get this amount of laughs, I reach gold standard, and then I get to be on Taskmaster. That's not how it works. Like, <laughs> you just it's some of it's luck. Mm. Some of it's you're not the right person for the job, and you know you see people who've started you know way after you accelerating past you, and it's just about going like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not they've not taken my job. It's no one's job. Mm. So it's not you know it's just it's not a career ladder. So you just need to realize that. Was there any particular moment where you thought, oh, I've made it in this scene? There's loads of little there's loads of little moments uh, with live stuff and with TV and all of that and all of that sort of thing. So you do your first Edinburgh show, or you get a good review, or uh, you know, you do a gig that you used to go to to see your favourite acts, and then suddenly you're like, "Oh, I'm on it! I'm on at this gig!" So that's a step up. Mm. And then you might get a TV show, and you know, it's just it's so many little moments along the way. I'm never going to be like, "Here we are, then." <laughs> but equal- Jack makes happy yeah. our podcast. <laughs> this, this is it. Here it is. That's the answer you want. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank podcast. you. You can cut out all the other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> didn't need any of that. How um, do you still get nervous um, before you go on stage? Depends. Depends on the gig. So, some of them, like, even like, you know, I've been off for four or five months, like everyone has. Right. And going back on to do the first gig, I was like, well, I don't know how to do this anymore. Yeah. So this could this could be a disaster. So I was nervous before that. Big, big gigs, TV stuff. So yeah. recording like your special for Amazon Prime and stuff, are you, are you 
because I kind of wasn't that nervous for that really? because I'd done the show so many times. So I was on tour, yeah, basically. Uh, I was like halfway through a tour, and it was kind of a combination of that show and then some old stuff. And I practiced it enough. And also, it's it was an onside crowd. Hmm. Yeah, fair. It was totally an onside. They've crowd. already signed up to yeah, who you are. They, yeah, I could tell when. So we had Steve Bajaya, who's a brilliant comic, do a bit of warm up for it, and he just went out and the way they were reacting to stuff he was saying I was like we're going to be absolutely fine and then it was just a ball yeah it was really fun do they record shows like that at multiple shows just in case yeah so I did two in one night yeah oh okay yeah yeah they always they'll always do they'll always do at least two because they want to try different shots as well and stuff and then also you want to make sure you get the get the best one right because I went on the first one and I was like Oh, I've annihilated that. That's brilliant. Why are we even bothering doing the second <laughs> one? Um, There's people waiting to yeah. say, fuck them. <laughs> and then I did the second one and it was really fun, but I was like, it's just going to be the first one because, but it's only because I had it in my head. I was a little bit more pumped up for it and then it went really well. So it was a big relief. Yeah. And I think the majority of the one we put out is from the second show because I'm way more relaxed. Oh, really? Because I think the first one I was just like, fuck, yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. And the second one, I'm just like, we've got it already. So let's just have some fun. How do you prefer to do stand up or do you prefer to do TV, like sort of panel shows and uh, stand up? Do you? Yeah. I like doing panel shows. They're yeah. fine. Like, I think I'm quite good at them. Like, I'm, it's kind of, I'm kind of built for them because a lot of it's just chat. Yeah. Um, but stand up's why? I do it. Yeah. TV's very useful uh, to sell tickets. Really. Right, yeah. But then like something like Taskmaster, which I did, which is, I guess, technically a panel show, is like a dream show to do, is actually fun. What were some of the stuff you had to do? Oh, it's just madness. We did about 50 or 60 tasks, I think. So. Did you? Yeah. What one sticks out as the, the weirdest? So, I think the one... Oh, so the ones that I did that went down the best were we had to make a water feature. Uh, we had 20 minutes to make a water feature, and that's all <laughs> you're given. And you get like a hose or whatever. So I got Alex Horn, who's uh, the Taskmaster assistant. Mm-hmm. I got I turned him into a mermaid, basically with like funnels uh, for for tits, and then shoved a hose down one of them, and it just this jet of water came out of it, um, and that went down very well. And also I had to do something, uh, what was it, something bizarre with a chickpea, and I filmed a sketch where I took it on a date, then it got run over, and then I um, got off with a big pot of hummus in a caravan. I mean, if you didn't know what Taskmaster was, like, I'm... do go and watch. I mean, I think it is the best show on television. So right. Do do go and watch. There's nine series. What, that, the mad stories you then say in there, I think I'm going to put that in the trailer with no context. <laughs> <laughs> That'll suck people in. In your opinion, who's the greatest comedian alive? Oh, so hard because I like a lot of American comics as well. But I think you get that answer out of a lot of British comics is they always pick some cool American because mm. they don't want to say someone from the UK because they're in competition with them. Right. Um, so Patton Oswalt, American comedian, mm-hmm. I think is phenomenal mm-hmm. and a huge inspiration. Uh, but then Greg Davis as well. Like I supported him on tour for ages, uh, and he's a mate. Um, but he is just one of the most naturally, naturally he's funny men. So good. I and it wasn't I think it's a commonly known fact that he was just a teacher for years. Yeah, he was wasn't a teacher he? until his. I guess he was in his thirties. Imagine that. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't the Greg Davis, the comedian then. Yeah. But like, but him being yeah. Do you reckon he must have been funny at school? Like? Yeah, I think he was. Like also, I, I think it, it kind of helps sometimes with comics if they've. 
you know, I've been doing comedy since I was like 18. Mm. So my whole life has been comedy. So right. I come to write a new show and I'm like, what stories have, have I got? Oh, I was at a gig. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's got like a raft of stories that he can draw on. Yeah. Uh, Do you think like, that's super important? Because there's a YouTuber so. called Stephen Trice. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of him, but he's um out of any kind of funny YouTuber out there. He is the one who's dabbled with stand-up comedian the most, yeah. studied comedy at Salford and stuff like that. And he came on the show and he's adored online and millions of followers and I asked him why he's never done stand-up because he did the same uh, roasting thing that I did. Yeah, and he yeah. blew that. He was incredible. And um, he said, he said, because he's like 20, what is he, 23 or something like that? He was like, I have no life experience, yeah. so I have nothing to go on. Is it important to have that? I, I think it probably helps yeah. a lot, but... Um but also then you just get good at making a lot out of a little. So yeah. like, one small thing will happen to me and I'll be like, right, <laughs> here we go. It's like it's bang on. It's like when we went to the Just Eat thing and I made oh. a whole comedy thing up about that. We went to a Just Eat event yeah. around the corner after doing a podcast. Yeah. This and is, before you say this, <laughs> after it happened... He told this story about fifteen times in one day, day to different people, and I was and there. It's, the whole it's nothing. Time. It's a nothing story. Like, yeah, but that's just that's just like a new material night. You said yeah. it fifteen times, and you're finding out new ways. Yeah, and then but by the end of it, you're like, I'm lying for a lot. Yeah. But for me, but for me, it's like I sat in the audience for all fifteen. This is now going to be the sixteenth. I was there as well. I was there when it happened. So this yeah. is the seventeenth time I'm now going to have to deal well, with it. It was it was a funny experience because we went to this Just Eat thing. It's food festival like near Box Park, and then we were up on this rooftop, and then Ryland Clark there and there's loads of like made in Chelsea yeah. lot and um Stevie gets me to go and get get nab a table at the back so I've got this table at the back I'm just sat there waiting for a pint and a bit of food and then out of nowhere it's like bang and everything goes dark right and I'm like shit what's happening because everything's a bit tense in the world at the moment anyway and I don't know what's going on and I remember I just look and everything my, my perspective is got is rotated 90 degrees right. and I'm like and I hear this ringing in my ears and I'm like do I still have all my limbs I don't know what the hell's going on all that had happened was an advertising board for Just Eat had fallen and whacked me on the back of the head <laughs> but the thing is I, I come up I've got blood trickling down my nose and yeah. this is made in Chelsea star just turned to me and she went um are you going to eat that food? And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know where I am right now. I don't know what's going on. And she went, do you mind if I, I was like, is she taking my food? I don't know what's going on. She took it. She just took a picture of it and then just put it back. Oh and then God. someone else come over and went, mate, your, your face is covered in blood. <laughs> I was like, how has she just turned to me and gone, are you going to eat that? It's mental. But yeah, I told that story in about 15 different ways. Yeah, see, whenever I'm writing a new show, I'm, I kill for an injury like that. Yeah. <laughs> None of that actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little speck there or something, wasn't that. it? The other night, I um, we ordered I, I mean this was madness I thought I'm going to cook a really fancy meal and I ordered lobsters to be delivered to the house to cook them and wow. they turned up and they're alive when they're delivered do you live on a river <laughs> so it's, they're just live that's how they do it they send you live lobsters wow and it was horrible like I had to kill them and they were in the fridge and one of them was hanging them? off the, the <laughs> fridge shelf like he was climbing a cliff And but as it was happening I was like this is awful but I'm going to get 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's bloody brilliant, Ed. It's been a it's been a pleasure, mate. Before we finish, we'll just go through some um, some quick fire Twitter questions that pe it. people have sent in. Um, but what one shall we go for, Stevie? Do you want to read them? They're at the bottom. <laughs> I haven't even looked at this. I'll just give you something to do every now and then. <laughs> oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. I wanted to know about your dad. Yeah, oh that was yeah, one of the main things I wanted to ask, yeah. and and your middle name is yeah. because we've got kind of weird names. No, so we, I thought no, I'd we, go, no, we do not. I you've don't. got three first names. <laughs> Yeah, the names. And so he, he actually doesn't know your middle name at the moment. Yeah. Do you want to know my middle name? 
Yeah, because Steve was going to tell me and I made him not tell me. Stevenson. Stevenson? Yeah. That's all, that's all right. That's I mean, a last name. It's a last name. Oh. It's weird. But then where do you draw the line? Because are, is a middle name supposed to be like an extended surname or an extended first name? I, th- I Everyone else I know has first names as middle names. Yeah, now you've said it. Yeah, yeah. but I imagine it written down, Ed Stevenson Gamble. I, I just imagine that's like a, a double-barreled surname. Yeah, exactly. It makes me sound really posh. <laughs> it Especially does. My full name is Edward, so whenever it's written down, it's never Ed Stevenson Gamble. It's always on official documents, so it's right. Edward Stevenson Gamble. That is posh. Yeah. yeah, whereas I've got all of my names could be first names. Yeah. So I've got Jack Carl Dean. That's pretty good. That's though. pretty. Do you yeah, like yeah. it? I like it. Yeah, it just sounds like a gang of lads. <laughs> it's three different like people. It. Who's coming out tonight? It's, Jack Haldane. Yeah, oh. Sound like they'd all hang out together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm. Mine's more posh, I think, because it's double-barreled middle name. I've got Stephen Brian Anthony White. Oh yeah, that's pretty posh. Mm. But they're all they're all solid names though. Well, none of them. Your, surna- mom, your surname's not posh. Though. No, but my mum didn't think of any of them. It's yeah. literally my uncle's name, my granddad's name, my granddad's name, surname. Great. And my brother and sister are Danny and Shayla. What's wrong with that? Danny's named after Danny Zuko from Greece. <laughs> that's cool. That's a cool start. Yeah, and I'm just Stephen. And Shayla Zuko, <laughs> Danny's sister. She weren't in the film. But <laughs> that's from a song. Let's do the Twitter question. Oh no, hang on. You said something else. This is where we lose all. Sh- structure now yeah you said you said about about a cat (laughs) i said this to you earlier yeah Yeah. i didn't say it just then yeah uh well he doesn't know again about any of the kitten story which i found quite (laughs) interesting my dad it's the big sort of a big story from my last tour and it's on blood sugar as well Mm -hmm. my dad bought a cat uh, and is like not an animal lover so we were all really worried about it but then it turns out he's been writing to the vet as the cat Like in the character of the cat, so I read out the emails and do dumb I, act out. I thought it was bad enough when you get a Christmas card from a yeah, from, right? from an animal. He's writing to a professional. <laughs> <laughs> little poor emoji as yeah. the email, email signature <laughs> brilliant I was say, from that it just sounds like because your dad's such a character yeah. he makes it quite easy for you to write material definitely but then there is always that thing of when I'm on stage as well I'm like oh, I'm going to do an impression of my dad now and I really go for it like mm. and then after the gig people are coming like my dad came to see me at Shepherd's Bush Empire and people were like oh yeah your head's dad. You're mad. Like, well, I'm not really. I'm <laughs> does he like it? Does he like being yeah, mentioned? I don't, <laughs> I don't think he does. It goes back. My first TV appearance was Russell Howard's Good News, mm. uh, like years and years ago, mm. 2010 maybe. Uh, and I told a story about him. Uh, and then I'd never done this before in the story. I uh, I looked down the camera and said his full name and job. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I was panicking. <laughs> Brilliant. I was panicking. It was like within the story. I was like, "You are an idiot," and then said his full name. Was <laughs> and he was watching it with like my stepmom and my brother and sister and stuff, and they're pissing themselves laughing. And he sat there like, "I've got to go into work." <laughs> wow, well, ruin his life. Why not? Why not? <laughs> He's retired now. <laughs> Let's uh, jump into okay, some great questions. Yeah. Okay. So. Obviously, this is from people asking. I'm not asking these because the second one, I assume you're going to hate anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's right. <laughs> uh, first one is just, as a comedian, what makes you laugh the most? Oh, it's really dumb stuff. It's never it's never like highbrow humour. It's mm. always really stupid stuff, like just stupid animal videos or kids saying stupid stuff, like really you'd re- stuff. You'd really get on with my partner, Fiona. She's yeah. constantly showing me shit like that. And it's just like, I'm not, I don't get it. I don't get an animal. Oh, I love it. Do you? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> if, if we ever do a part two, I'll fuck off. She'll come <laughs> she on. You just watch that. The, yeah. The best, my favourite video on the internet is... Um, <laughs> 
you just need to search Wobbly Sausage on YouTube. <laughs> and it's a kid who's found a massive double-ended dildo in his parents' bedroom. <laughs> well, I love how much you're loving this. He doesn't know what it is. And he obviously the... doesn't know what it is. And he's like wiggling about going, Wobbly Sausage! <laughs> and his mum's going, put that down! And the dad's pissing himself laughing. He's going, no, stop it, take it off him. He's going... <laughs> Again, that's going in the trailer. <laughs> that's my humour. Uh, question two is, what was it like being on Love Island? Yeah, I mean, this was the worst summer of my life. Uh, I wasn't on Love Island, but they announced the cast and there was someone on Love Island called Curtis who apparently looked like me. Uh, and I stupidly made a thing of it when it, like that night, I was like, oh God, here we go. Mm. But then so many people had tweeted me about it and then it became a thing of who can annoy Ed the most and then it made it onto Mock the Week. But that's a good, like... Yeah, it is good. It's not good to, I mean, it is good to be compared to someone on Love Island. Like back in the day, I was getting Draco Malfoy (laughs) when I had like bright blonde hair. Fucking Boris Johnson. Like I've had some horrible ones. Keith Lemon. Keith, yeah, it's not, I I tend to forget (laughs) about that one. Um, Yeah, so you've had, you've had, you've had a cracker there, mate. Yeah, but then he was the one where everyone was like, oh, he's just nice and he's a bit podgier than the other ones. That was like the whole thing about him. Was Was he the one who was like, does anyone want me to rap in that meme? No. Oh, no, was it was not? He? No. Curtis, no? No, that was uh, Chris. I don't know. Cur- yeah, that Curtis was, that is the one who did yeah. the tea. He mm. said he just wants to get up every morning and make everyone a cup of tea. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Aesthetic. No, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently very nice man. But yeah, that was a, that was a nightmare. He's, he's never engaged on any of that. I don't think it necessarily affected his inbox too much. Going, so many people telling me I look like the comedian Ed Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favourite venue to perform in? Uh, I've got a few, uh, if they are still venues, you know, you never know now. Uh, Leicester Square Theatre uh, is where I do a lot of my London shows. Absolutely love that place. Uh, all of the stand comedy clubs, so Newcastle Stand, Edinburgh Stand, Glasgow Stand, particularly the Newcastle Stand, uh, I love. Uh, Favourite city in general to perform in is Bristol. Any gig in Bristol is Hey, cool. Yeah. I live in Bristol. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. But the, the best audiences for comedy. I, I love where, Bristol. Where would you perform there? All, o- all over the place. There's Colston a place called the changed now, but yeah, Hen and I, Chicken. Hen and Chicken is really good. Uh, there's the Wardrobe Theatre, uh, which is in the back of a pub, um, and that is just phenomenal. That gig, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah, anywhere really. It's just the, the audience are the good, the good part. I love Bristol. I did the old Vic on tour last oh, really? year. That's closed now, isn't it? I don't think so. Something they, happened. They, they renovate. It, they renovate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The opposite. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the news. Uh, what is your dream metal headline? Dream metal headline? Music. Music, as in like headline. Metal music. Headline act. <laughs> headline act. There we go. You can tell how little we know about metal music. Your dream, dream metal, metal music. <laughs> this is a Twitter question. If you were to open the metal news, <laughs> what would you hope to see up top of the page? <laughs> your dream metal musical headline act. Uh, so it's, I mean, obviously depends. I like a lot. I like a lot of metal bands, but do they have the clout to headline? Can they bring the audiences in? It's your dream. So, oh, it's my dream. Yeah. So Clutch, uh, one of the best bands in the world. Uh, I don't think they would necessarily be headlining, uh, like download. Uh, they're probably not big enough for that, but they're phenomenal. Oh, so, so not only are you like a metal fan, but yeah. you're like an indie metal fan. Oh, I, underground stuff. Oh, okay. And a lot of overground stuff. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, like people who could legitimately headline festivals. Slipknot are the best festival headliner I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. 
Fair enough. Is that is that all from Twitter? The next one we've kind of covered. It just says, how weird is James Acaster? Yeah, quite weird. <laughs> there, <laughs> there we go. go. And then... <laughs> right, Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, as we've said throughout the podcast, um, Off Menu, yes. available on Spotify. Uh, available uh, everywhere. Yeah, lovely. Available everywhere. Uh, also, the Radio X podcast with Matthew Crosby is available everywhere. Check I also out. did a Spotify podcast called Lifers, which is about um, heavy metal bands. Oh, well, there you go. So maybe we can listen and find out what Clutch is. Yes. Yeah. That's a, I, I'd say start with start with Slipknot and then... <laughs> start with start Slipknot. And then work your way into the Wow. I've got Ben Howard lyrics tattooed on me. Fucking... incredible. There we go. Ed Gamble, thank you very much. Um, Stevie, thank you very much. Before we finish, we always finish on the parting question. Ed Gamble, what is the meaning of life? Oh, there isn't one. Just, oh, it's just death. Don't, death don't, is the meaning of life. Don't eat raw halloumi. Yeah, there I we do. Go. That is the <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much, guys. This has been Jack Makes Happier. We'll see you next week. Jack Makes Happy Hour. This was a Stakhanov production.